This week, we'll hear from two elite members of the A-Team. These ladies were part of a top-notch administrative staff who were instrumental in keeping the ranch running smoothly. They made sure guests were taken care of and created lifelong relationships with their coworkers and guest families. Talk about leaders in the world of hospitality and customer service. These ladies can teach us a thing or two about teamwork, dedication, and loyalty. First up is Linda Finley, who served 44 years at the ranch. That's a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. Take us back to the beginning, Linda. I was born in Wichita, Kansas, and my journey here was very interesting. I um, grew up in Wichita, ended up going to uh, Kansas State University. Yes, go Wildcats. And I got, I got to find some place to go in the summer. So they had in our placement office at the university places you could go for jobs, and the, one of them was in Wisconsin. Okay, so I applied in Wisconsin and uh, ended up getting the job up there. Got on an airplane in Wichita. I'd never been on an airplane before. Flew, th flew through Chicago. <laughs> I was a lot braver then, by the way. And ended up in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. So that's where I was working. And then I go, well, I really don't want to go back to college. I just want to make money now. So uh, some of my friends up there said, well, have you ever thought about going to Arizona? And I said, where is it? So... I got to see where it was, and there was, back then it's called a Hotel Red Book, and that listed through the, probably the Hotel Association places, you know, what they do and everything else. So we looked at it, and uh, one of the guys had been in this area before. He says, well, try Wickenburg, because there's places there. Okay. So I um, applied at the Wigwam. The Los Caballeros and at uh, Castle Hot Springs. And Rusty called like immediate when, oh, of course, you don't. You had to send it in the mail. You can't. And what year was that? 1976. So I sent it up, sent it there, and he called back right away. And I was at that time working at the, in the office at Eagle Waters Resort. And he said it was Rusty Gant. So I recognized the name, and he wanted to talk to. Sherwin Glazer, the boss. Again, back then it was kind of like the main office at the ranch right now. Sherwin was right next to me. So he was talking to him and um, asking questions about me. Rusty was. And then we had like the kind of board that you had to plug in. So it's just like, oh, you're done talking to him? <laughs> Unplug him. So called back right away. And of course, I answered the phone again. And uh, he says, well, I was just talking to your boss, and I go, yeah, I know, he's sitting, like, next to me. <laughs> and he goes, well, he gave you a pretty rave review. And I said, well, he better have. <laughs> and Rusty has never forgotten that, that I said that. So I got hired, and I went down there. My title was administrative assistant, a.k.a. whatever happens, happens. And I worked for Rusty and enjoyed it. I went back and forth for nine years to Wisconsin and back to the ranch. And then one summer I stayed at the ranch. Okay, that was really hot. And uh, my boss from Wisconsin came down the next winter and says, I need you back up there. So I did like one more year going back and forth. And then I did, and then Rusty wanted me down here. I go, that's a longer season. So I stayed. And um, best decision I ever made because I love it here. What were your job duties when you started? Um, kind of like when I ended everything. <laughs> I did all the payroll, 
at that time 57 employees. And how do I remember that? It's because we had metal, I had a metal board that had holes on the side and the paychecks laid in there. And every payday, I had to handwrite the paycheck, their social security number, their pay rate, and their name. So 57 employees back then versus 130 when I left. So I did that. I did all the reservations. Uh, June Nelson was there and she worked the front desk and that was a great team. That was really wonderful. So I'd, when, on her day off, we only had one day off back then, I'd, I'd watch the desk, do the audit and all that stuff. And then, so that worked out really good. We did that for quite a while. And I'm sure there's a lot more things I did, but you know. Tell me about the office space. The office building that you worked in uh-huh. used to be the Gantz family home? No, that's where I ended up in. So, you were located behind the front desk at first? Yeah, front yeah, that's where we all were. That's. And then when did you move over to the building where their offices are now? A long, long time later, because they decided to move the offices over there, the reservations and Rusty and everything else. Oh, by then Diane had come to work at the ranch too, so we were known as the A-Team because everybody's happy. Oh, the A-Team's here today. <laughs> we we loved it. When they went moved over, the reservations, the sales, and everything else, Rusty said, you can't go. I need somebody over there to watch over the place. And I go, oh, okay. So I'm doing all my work, and okay. So I stayed over there. Ten years later, I got to move over. <laughs> Just because I put my foot down. I go, I cannot do everything I do, be the office manager, do that, everything, with everybody hungering over me. Oh, what's she writing now, you know? So uh, I, I can't I can't do that much anymore. So one Friday when Rusty wasn't there, we switched offices. <laughs> and he wasn't very happy at first, but I know he really was happy to have me back by his side. And that was a really good thing. The office now that used to be the Gantt family home. Mm-hmm. It was the Gantt family home till approximately how long? Uh, well, Rusty was living there when I came in 76, so several years after that. It wasn't until he moved to town. and But he did that to have the assistant managers come in. They weren't called GMs and assistant managers. So a couple of them lived there. So that was eight years, because no, they reached their eight years. 16 years. It was like that, and then they he changed it into offices then. Did you see it as a home? Oh, yeah. My office was in the kitchen. That's where I got to live while I was there, my office. Oh, yeah, it was a, definitely the Mrs. Gant, Edie. She was still over there. Rusty's bedroom was there. Everything was still there. What was your first impression when you arrived at the ranch? Well, it was the middle of the summer, so it was hot, and I drove all the way from Wisconsin down to here, stopping in Kansas. And I had a, a pickup truck with all my worldly goods in it, and Rusty had gotten me a place to live in town because I brought a dog. So I pulled up, going, oh, where the heck am I? <laughs> what was I doing? Uh, got to the ranch, and the whole front lawn, as you go into the main building, was tore up. Just There was mounds of dirt and everything else. And this gentleman, Jay Helm, popped out. And I go, I'm going to be working here. And he was the assistant manager. And uh, not to be funny, but it's really pretty funny. There was a sewer problem. <laughs> and we had many over the years, like 
constantly. It just happens when you have a place that's been around for a long time. And he he says, well, let me take you to town and show you where you're going to live. And he did, and all was good. And Anyway, so that's how my, my start started. What was Wickenburg like back then? It was wonderful. It was small. It's still small. This neighborhood's been here since the 50s. Um, there was no Safeway. The end was Charlie's Steakhouse. That was the end of town. Where was the grocery store? Where the senior center is now. That's where Safeway was. And there was Frontier Market downtown, and that was run by the, um, oh, my McKeevers, which is interesting because at Eagle, Eagle River, Wisconsin, the McKeevers had a store, a, a grocery store up there. I didn't know them, but I came down here, I go, oh, my gosh, this is a, do they follow me? <laughs> anyway, so, yes, that's um, the size of it. Do you remember any of the guest activities well, skeet shooting, I think, was always there, and that was really popular. And that was just past the current corrals right towards Fulcher Mine Road. They were in that area. Golf course is there now and all this other stuff, until they started putting the golf course in. That was really big. Horseback riding was huge. Swimming pool? <laughs> there wasn't, I'm trying to think, but there really wasn't a whole lot more to offer. Guests didn't care. There was no naturalist then or anything. that They came to have, they came to ride is what most of them did. And what was their average stay? It just depends. Uh, that was the one of the cool things I thought about while I was thinking about my tenure there. It was a whole different crowd, different times of year. The Christmas crowd came every single year. A lot from Chicago brought their families. Uh, the new owners of the ranch, that's all part of their families too. I mean, people have been coming forever. So that was it. Thanksgiving was like that. The same people. One of the things, since I did reservations, everybody had to have the same room every single year. And, you know, maybe one year they got it because somebody didn't come back and they expected to have it the next year. I remember having a just a small encounter with one of the guests. So they both came to see me and they says, well, why can't we have that room? I go, because people had it forever before you. You just got lucky. And they go, so basically, we gotta, they got to die before we get the room. I go, well, if you're going to look at it that way, you're right. <laughs> so you got to know the guests really pretty well. That was the one time the holidays were very big. Now, starting in January, the crowds changed. We had some groups, but nothing really big. No golf course yet, so that wasn't the draw. And not as many rooms either. There were 63 rooms then. So in January, we have the guests that come that would stay for two months. They were just long-time guests. I'm just going to say the word old money because they went where they wanted to go. And they were wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. And that's how you got, you got to know so many that way. And we still talk about the ones that came. We still remember their names. And when they passed on, it was so sad. It was just sad. And always their families would call and tell us because they knew how much the ranch meant to their uh, parents or whatever. Uh, so I loved that. And the, a lot of them were single women. Their husbands had died, and they felt very comfortable at the ranch, safe. And again, all wonderful people. And they'd stay usually January and February. And then in March, spring break came and, you know, everything else. So the uh, other guests, the January and February guests, you know, they passed on. And people, it, everything changed because... People didn't want to come back year to year. So we have the, the matriarchs of the family and then 
they brought their kids and their kids can brought them. Well, it's a whole different thing. They don't want to go to the same place every year. Hey, let's go to Europe this year. Let's go to Hawaii. So that it got harder to sell things as people were, didn't want to, they wanted to change. It wasn't just, we could count on, oh yeah, block those rooms, they're coming back. How did technology change over the years? Well, uh, there's a lot of changes because the whole world changed. But the biggest ones were the ranch never had any phones in the rooms. We only had a plug, old-fashioned plug, cord board that we used at the front desk. And then we'd go find a guest if they had a phone call so they could make a call from a pay phone that was in the lobby. And so that's how we did everything. And to that end, um, it got a little bit hard because you needed somebody on the phone line 24 hours because guests had trouble, like sick, or you never knew. So where I, when I was living out by the Sun Sea, the phone was forwarded to my house out there, so I ordered I would answer the phone at night. Did that for several years, and the I got calls where people's like I just remember this one was really endear to me because it was a time of year where we knew all the guests that came back it was spring break, and I got a call that the lady's uh, mother died, and I said thank you I'll I'll have her call you. So got in my car, a good thing. I did all the room reservations. I knew what room everybody had. <laughs> so I just went over to their room in my nightgown and house coat and knocked on the door and um, they answered and I said, um, I just need to let you know your mother died. And so there's no phone. So I went over and unlocked the office and um, let her call her relatives. So that was really, really a sad one for me. And that, that happened to me a couple of times. Um, then we, uh, there were no televisions in the room either. So the, I think the one in the bar probably was the only one we had. So one year we sent out a survey to, would you like to see telephones in the rooms? Uh, or would you like to see and TVs in the rooms? It came back, no. <laughs> we did it anyway. <laughs> so, but the, um, the guests, the old-time guests, no, we're doing fine, and we don't, we're on vacation. We don't need to have it. So that was really a pretty funny thing. But they did, did finally get the phones in the room and get televisions in all the rooms. Oh, it really changed was in 1995. Really jumping ahead there, but that was the first big change, and that's when uh, Rusty was looking desperately for a manager. Uh, the manager gave plenty of notice. They always give a year's notice, and they always lasted seven years. <laughs> you just get wore out after seven years. Uh, two of them in a row came with four- and six-year-old children. So that's when it changed because Rusty was having trouble finding somebody to fill the spot. In addition, the Sonoran Room was being built that year, and I believe the Maricopa Suites were being built that year. That poor man was just run ragged, taking care of both of those things and still trying to find a manager. Okay, I'm just going to back up on this just a bit. It was always hard to find a manager that would come down. So when uh, Rich Keeley, by the way, I'm friends still with all the managers. <laughs> it's just like, you know, we're family. When he came, Rusty says, I need to have you talk to somebody. He's applying for the job and, he, and he's a vet. And I was going, oh, no. I kept going, why does he keep telling me he's a vet? <laughs> Oh, and, okay, he's a veterinarian. That <laughs> was so funny. And so that worked out because the corrals were covered then for anything that happened. <laughs> he was hired. He and his family and just got a Christmas card from him this year. Super, super nice family. 
Okay, now we're in 95, and Larry Hyde had left, Rich had come, then Rich, Rich had his seven years in, so now Rusty's looking for somebody else. And um, we had had a management um, seminar type thing right before we closed the season before, and Kathy Weiss did it. Rusty knew of her company or whatever, so she came in and we were all down in the Sonora room. We had partners, like all it was all the department heads and everything. So Dick Fredrickson and I were like a partner. And so Rusty got a hold of Kathy and says, Hey, would you be interested in being the manager? And um, she did. Her parents live in Phoenix, so she took it. And she was with Rui then. They'd been working in Aruba, opening up resorts, and that's what they did. So Rui came with, well, he's a computer person, and guess what? We got computers. I could, like, strangle that, him for doing that <laughs> at the time. We didn't even know how to turn one on. And, uh, his um, least favorite words, by the way, are, I can't print. <laughs> Every day he'd come in with, I can't print. I can't turn mine on. I don't know what to do. Uh, I told you all yesterday. <laughs> Poor guy. But we lived through it. So, it. It was a nightmare, but we lived through it. How did they find employees back then? we advertised. Uh, Maine was really the biggie. There was, when I came there even, our uh, chef Teddy, he's from Maine. His mother came, his brother came, his other brother came. Um... So that was really a big draw. Chicago was pretty good. Milwaukee was the next big one. It's because the ad said, want to get out of the cold for the winter? So that's how they came. And was there employee housing? Uh-huh, same housing <laughs> as we have now. <laughs> well, we won't for long, I guess. So did you do human resources as well? Yeah. I said, I need to retire. And I said, the first thing, uh, I said, we got to get, I have to give up. I, uh, HR. I said, it's just too much work. Uh, it was way too much work, and uh, it was just a lot. So we interviewed and got Sandy, which was wonderful. She's, you know, as we know, a real go-getter and everything else. And for that, I could drop one day a week at least. So I started, that was my road to retirement. And then uh, as she got better and just like I was at the first, give me something else to do. Okay. So I gave her the payables, and I dropped another day, so I was down to three days a week. Well, I, I, need, I need more and all that. And I, okay, well, I can't remember what else I gave up. Uh, just a lot of the other stuff I did that you wouldn't think about. I go, well, here, you can do this. Here's my files for this and all that. And so I got it down to two days a week. I did that for probably five years, and then I go, okay, this is it, pandemic 2020. And that's when you retired. Mm -hmm. September 1st, 2020. Sent out the bills for the month, and Diane Lydic and I were was the only one there that day. And uh, we walked out together. I said, well, Diane, I'll see you around. We both just burst out crying. <laughs> and, uh, we're great friends. Do you remember any famous guests coming to the ranch? Kirk Douglas came. He came, and Diane had taken over reservations then. And so he came, his son Michael was at the, the Meadows. And that's about when we got people that you might recognize because they had family, a lot of bands, which you'd never know who they are, you know. But Kirk, the Meadows is? 
it's a treatment center. They were mostly, I'm not really sure what vices and things, but yeah, that brought a whole new uh, industry to us. We get a lot of their families in. We had a special rate, so they it worked out really well. But Kirk Douglas, I'll get back to that, because I didn't really see him a lot. But when he was leaving, uh, he asked to meet Diane that had made his reservations. Kirk Douglas wants to meet you. <laughs> so he was in his car, so she went out there and, and he thanked her for getting the room and everything else. So that, I mean, cool. There's some really nice people that appreciate everything. And there's some that don't. Were there any world events that affected the ranch? Uh... Yes. Uh, Early on, you know, things were going on that didn't affect it too much. Um, There was the Vietnam War that didn't so much because it was winding down in my tenure there. Uh, 9-11 probably had the biggest impact on everything. It It was the summer, middle of the summer. And I watch, I get up early in the morning and I was watching it at my home. And as I'm watching the news, all of a sudden, I saw it happen. I mean, they cut right to it. And I was just like staring, not believing what I was seeing. So I, I called um, Kathy Weiss, which was our manager then, because I know they've got lots of ties. That's their Kathy's favorite place to go. I go, turn on the news. I think Rui answered. I go, turn on the news. And oh my gosh, that affected everything. Just everything. The whole nation probably the whole world, if you think about it. But it did, um, as it happened in the summer, things were kind of calmed down by the time we opened. That probably had the biggest impression, because but that day, I took one of my portable TVs, the little box TVs, and took it to the ranch and put it, hooked it up in the living room so I could watch it that day. Everything was, all the sheets were over everything. Kathy came in, we were all watching it all day, and then we all said, well, let's just go home. So it was a really sad thing. Did 9-11 inhibit travel? I, you know, I can't remember. I just know that we lost some of our guests, and that was really, really sad because we knew them. And I was like, oh my gosh, and this one family, they had roots, of original houses that were put there. And I, I don't want to say their name, but um, they had three kids, and the father was in there, the building, so it was just like, oh my gosh. So that affected us because we knew people that really were there when it happened. So, sad time. Uh, Also, well, the recession, like 2007, I don't want to say it nearly ruined the ranch, but we, it was scary. We had forced, not forced, but it was, that we had to take extra time off, especially in the summer, like the grounds crew had to leave, um, just the head person got to stay. Um, we had to take a month off for the summer. Well, we'd already been doing that because we wanted to be off, so we took turns doing that. But everybody had to to give a little, or else we weren't going to be able to open. And then guests canceling right and left because they were losing everything they had. So that was that was a start of a really tough time. So how did the ranch change you? It let me see, really, both, both sides of the coin. Uh, work with people that have money, that don't show it, because they're just nice people. But we, I know how much they had to pay to come there. And then I'd work with the employees that maybe didn't have as much appreciation as I did. 
and that carries on to today too, truly. Um, people come, people go. But, uh, and what kept you at the ranch so long? Mm, loyalty to Rusty. All of us. You talk to any one of us who've been there a long time. Loyalty to Rusty. What was it like working with Rusty? What he always told me when I'd ask him, Rusty can, and we worked six days a week, and then we did get it down to five, finally, without, Rusty was not happy about that. <laughs> I said, you've got to. You can't just have people here six days a week. So we worked holidays. We all worked holidays. Not thought nothing of it, because we were taking care of people that were there for holidays. But what I liked, he was always really fair to me, very fair. He always offered me the manager's job when one would leave. I go, do you want me to stay working here or not? Because I know how much they work. <laughs> he goes, no, you can do it. And I won't have make you work weekends. And you don't have to come back at night. Oh, yeah, right. So it was really good. If I say, Rusty, I need to leave to go. I'm going to go to Kansas for several days. He goes, as long as you work it out. That's all he ever said of people. He never said, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. He said, as long as you have it covered. Were you working alongside Edie? I didn't work alongside her. She didn't work there anymore. Uh, her and Rusty had lunch every single Monday. Every Monday. That was their time. And the homeowners all got their mail behind the front desk. All those little box things, you know? Those were actually, the bottom ones were all mailboxes for all the homeowners. So you got to know them really well. That just made me think about that. Because she'd come over every day and get her mail. And, and uh, when I first started, she she's just a wonderful, gracious person, she'd say, oh, it's so nice to have you here. I hear so many wonderful things about you. I said, well, thank you. So that was really heartfelt. The next year, we had a front desk clerk, and she said the exact same words. <laughs> I thought I'm laughing. Because <laughs> I heard her say, oh, I've heard such good things about you. <laughs> she was just a really, really, really neat lady. Come have lunch with me, Linda. Um, you know, can, come over to the house for a cocktail, Linda. Just a really neat lady. What do you think the legacy of Rancho de los Caballeros is? Well, uh, Rusty called to let me know that um, he was selling the place. I'd already retired. And he told me, and I so there was a couple people in the running when I left there, when I retired, and just, I, I said, well... Who are you selling it to? <laughs> and it turned out to be the homeowners, which is the really funny thing is they all live next door to each other. And I have known them since I came to work at the ranch 44 years before that. They were little kids, and it's gone from them to, because I knew their parents in some, some, some cases, especially the Kempers, I knew the grandparents, and then the parents. It's just uh, amazing how many generations I saw come and go. So I was thrilled that it would be people that had it in their heart, like I did, because we all had it in our heart. So that was good. Um, they're trying hard from what I've heard and what I've seen. I, I kind of drive out there in the veil of night. <laughs> Not really. I drive, I, only when people come visit me, let's go to the ranch. Okay. <laughs> So I drive around, especially that first summer when they were ripping and tearing. I would drive out there on weekends and go, holy cow, they, they're under a big undertaking. I got to see a couple of the rooms, that the older rooms that they redid. And 
totally impressed. They did not really change anything. It was wonderful. And I, I, I talked to one of them just recently and told me, we're keeping the legacy of the ranch alive because they all grew up there too and they want to see it like it is. Uh, you can't just let it be stagnant like that. So I appreciate when they are improving things. And I'm not sure what all they're doing besides um, adding more rooms and a bigger pool. But um, I don't want to say they're classing the place up, but they're making it more modern. And I did go out and see the dining room when I had a friend here. We went out there. And it's beautiful. I totally approve of what they're doing and how they're doing it. Because I know it's in their hearts also. So, yes. Did you have a favorite spot on the ranch that you would go to? Out of the Sun Sea. And that's where I lived for six years. And that's out back behind the spa where the skeet shooting is now? Yes. Well, it's past that. That's where Dick Fredrickson, I sold him uh, the place that they lived in when I moved to town. And uh, that's where the house that's out there was a Sun Sea Cattle Company. That was a headquarters and Tommy Higgins lived there and then I moved a god-awful trailer out there uh, which Rusty couldn't believe this, this I called it pink eye it was a pink old trailer I asked if I could move out there and he's sure and then this big pink this old pink trailer and he goes maybe I should have checked with you what it looked like so um, I'd hike every peak I'd walk go to the um, skyline cookout, which is where the breakfast cookouts were. I'd walk there. I, I loved it out there. It was just, it was great. It was wonderful. Then I got married and moved to a bigger place there. Then I started having kids. <laughs> um, but anyways, and that's where I want to be buried, actually. I want to be my ashes over the Sun Sea because I loved it out there so much. Uh, people go, what about Wisconsin? I said, well, it was my favorite, but this is my home. This place took your heart. Oh, my, it totally took my heart, yeah. Still does. But yeah, my heart's still there. Always will be. Next up is June Nelson, who served the ranch for 36 years in various administrative roles. These were the days of telephone switchboards, carbon paper, and personal service. So let's hear from a real pro. June, tell us how you got started at the ranch. Uh, well, I lived in Wickenburg for a couple of years before going out to the ranch. Um, how I started out there was my nephew from Vermont brought a friend out to, and she wanted to live in Arizona and work in Arizona. And I suggested going out to the ranch because it was going to be the beginning of their season in October. I said, fill out an application out there as a waitress. And I was on unemployment at the time. And um, so I went with her, and in those days we had laws where you had to look for a job and prove that you'd look for a job. So I thought, okay, I'll go too, and I'll fill out an application. So I went with her, and I think her name was Susie at the time. And I filled out an application, and I started to go out the door, and Rusty and his um, cousin, Barbara, said, well, wait a minute, when they took me out on the patio at the poolside and offered me a job. Well, they offered me a job. I had to take it. <laughs> so that's how I got started. And what was the job? Uh, working the front desk, switchboard in the front desk. And I thought, oh, I can handle that. And so they opened in October. So I got ready to start my career out there. 
And the switchboard was the old black switchboards, you know, where you have the cords where you've got to plug them in and turn the knob and all this stuff. That's the telephone system we had at that time. And we only had a couple of the departments that had phones that were connected to that switchboard, that only just a few phones. We did not have phones in the rooms. Um, so, and then just working the front desk, greeting customers uh, and uh, checking them in and checking them out and telephone operator, more or less. How did you learn how to use that telephone system? It was easy. There was really nothing much to it. A lot easier than what they, what we got later on <laughs> as I was out there. Because, um, you know, only had like four or five extensions I had to plug into and then answer them. Uh, there were times... Um, I was new, of course, and I know Rusty and I think Mrs. Mrs. Gant or Mrs. Heyman, when you answered the phone, it had to be Rancho de los Caballeros. It was not, this is Los Caballeros, not Los Cab. It had to be Rancho de los Caballeros. Rusty did not like saying Los Cab. And I remember the first time I said, good afternoon, Los Cab, this is June speaking. And I remember Rusty coming out, and uh, at that time you could sit sit down at the front desk. And he put his hands on my shoulders, and he goes, June, it's Rancho de los Caballeros. It's not Los Cab. From that time on, I never dared to say Los Cab in front of Rusty because I knew it was not the thing to say. He did not like it. So um, I had a lot of unplugging incidents with Rusty uh, on a long-distance phone call a couple of times. I pulled the wrong cord, and I'm going, oops. <laughs> so uh, it was fun working it, but um, technology later on down the road was even more challenging. and It, it, it was fun because there were times uh, I we didn't have a phone down at the corral. I'm just going to tell you an incident that happened to me on the phone. Uh, a gentleman called and wanted to speak to Rob. I think his name was Rob Van Pelt. He was the one that would always bring the horses in for the season. And then uh, he came in, and he and Rusty went down to the corrals because he had to truck a load of horses. And this guy calls on the phone and wants to talk to Rob. And I said, well, he's down at the corrals right now, and we have no phones down there. I said, um, can I get your name and number? You know, trying to be right on the phone, and, and I'll have him call you when he comes back into the office. And he, no, he hung up, and then he called again, and I said, they're still down at the corrals. I said, you know, please leave your name and number. I'll be sure to have Rob call you. And, and about the third, third or fourth time he called, then he said, well, are any of the horses there? And I said, yes, there are. Would you like to speak to one of them? <laughs> And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. But he was he was just consistent in calling and asking and not leaving a name and a number. And he got he hung up. <laughs> and when Rob and Rusty came back up to the office, I went into Rusty's office and I confessed that I had done something I probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> and Rusty turned beet red and said, June, you didn't. And I said, yes, I thought for sure I was going to be fired. And Rob just started roaring, and he said, you just leave her alone. She did the right thing. So I thought, oh, I didn't lose my job over that. But then there's times, like I said, I disconnected Rusty on a couple of calls a couple of times, but it was really good. So you started in the 70s? In 1974, I think was when I started. What was your first impression of the ranch? Oh, I liked it. It was very... um, 
it was sort of like a second home to me. I felt very comfortable there. The atmosphere was very good. The, my coworkers, we all, to me, we were all like a family, really. I mean, um, I think it's the way we were trained and the way we were to communicate with one another in each individual department, and it kept us very close-knit. It really did, and it, I was comfortable. I mean, I had to be for 36 years I was out there. So um, it was like a home, really. I felt very comfortable there, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the guests. The guests were fantastic. We had some that were, you know, there's always a bad apple somewhere, but we had some um, that were maybe a little bit irritable or whatever, but, you know, you treat them with kindness, and they come around. And how did you communicate with other departments? Um, there was a real neat system. Barbara, uh, we had this, um, not only just verbally and with, you know, with meetings and, and seeing one another walking through the, the resort and whatever, but we had a, uh, what we called a flyer. And the main office was, I would say, I'm going to call it the brains or whatever, and you had to get that information out to all departments. We had this carbon paper, and we had typewriters. We didn't have computers. Uh, And we'd get six sheets of this carbonized type paper. It's like a flyer note, and we would sit down and say, oh, the Joneses have now moved to room 210 instead of 110. Or uh, dining room, we would say... um, a late arrival will need a meal prepared for them. You know, we and let the and the corral area. If somebody calls and said we want to take the two thirty ride, can you sign us up? We would send out these flyers, and all of the head departments in the main office would have their mailbox, and we would distribute all the information that we typed on this flyer, and and they would have notation of everything what's going on. Once a week, Linda would prepare our our arrival and departure sheet and the dates, the rooms, the number of people and the names of all the family and everything. And so when you say changing rooms for here to here, not only did housekeeping get that information, the dining room got it, the bar got it, the corrals got it, all department heads got that information. And then they would take this information and update their weekly uh, arrival and departure sheets. When I first started out, uh, the holidays were the, the biggest days, of course, and the longest days. And it was always mom and dad taking care of their children and paying for their family's reunion during the holidays. Uh, we called it the old money because <laughs> they, they would pay for their kids' stay. Do you remember any of the construction going on? During- oh, yes, yes. Oh, um, well, I, uh, Ann Giles was in our sales department. I don't know if you've heard of her or not, but um, she would write what we call, um, in the summertime, we would do a um, La Posta or a newsletter, and we would send it out to all of our guests at the ranch. We'd keep a mailing list of everybody and send out, I got a copy of it here. Uh, and I, yeah, there are a lot of constructions. The year that I was asked if I would do the newsletter was the year that the bar got re, remodeled and changed over. And um, I saw the golf course start from the beginning. In 1979, I started working as a part-time job with the golf club and doing their books and mailings and stuff. So I got to see the golf club, 
Burl. I got to see the Barbie remodeled. I got to see the Bradshaw Mountain Rooms built. And um, the Sunset Rooms have been redone. And some of the Ranch Rooms and Homosa Rooms were redone. But I hear now they've really redone them. So I'd like to go out and see those. Oh, and the suites. Then the suites after the Bradshaws. We got the suites put in. You mentioned technology. Um, how did that evolve over your time? Doing the bills, we had the um, old NCR machines. They're a humongous machine, and it had a big, long ribbon on it, and you would have to bring, you have the little folios, their bills, and you would have to insert it into the machine, bring up their balance, post the charge, you know, and then hit enter, and it posts the charge. And this machine... Um, Jay Helm was uh, my first general manager out there, and he he was uh, a wizard with the machine, I should say. He taught me a lot with that, because um, I started out just working the front desk, and by the time I retired, I was in the executive office. So, And during that time, the two time frames, I held several other positions there. I became uh, a night auditor, because, you know, you learn... You learn from the bottom and work up, and I, I worked from there into the accounting part and then into the night audit position. And then uh, from there, I was front desk manager, and I, I oversaw the new people at the front desk and the night auditor and the bellhop. And um, uh, it, it was a fun job to teach them what I had learned from the ground up, so... I would say it it was a nice job to have because you could be friendly and you met friendly people. I mean, it was it was nice. You you didn't have a lot of the, the people are coming to enjoy their vacation. They're not coming in to give you a hard time about returning something or whatever. They they came to have fun, and that's what made it fun is to make sure they had a good time. What was it like working alongside Rusty? Good, Rusty. Rusty was very good. Um, he was pretty quiet. If he had something to say, he'd say it. But um, he was—he didn't like uh, arguments or confrontation of any sorts. Uh, Ann Giles and I used to get into them periodically because she was in charge of groups, billing. And I know as the years went on, I, I got more into the group billing, and she wanted this and this and this, and I said, no, the NCR machine won't do this and this and this. And I think we had a little bit of an argument for about three days. And I woke up one morning and said, I think I got it resolved. So I went to work and I told her about it. And she goes, I think that'll work. So we worked it out. But in those three days, uh, Rusty came in one day and we were having our discussion. And he goes, oh, my God, they're at it again. (laughs) But we worked it out. We got it worked out. And so... And as far as I know, they're still using that same um, billing-type system for groups is what we came up with way back when. In the summertime, when we uh, would start hiring, we would send out uh, newspa- to newspapers uh, jobs, employee, you know, work available or whatever. And then what those people would do is call the number, and we would get their name and address, and then we would send them uh, information about the ranch and a, an, employment app, an employee application. And we would also ask for a photo to be application to be mailed back with a photo. 
and it worked out beautifully. In fact, um, that was fun because you got to read different people's lives and you know their schooling, where they went to school, what they've been doing, where they're from, and everything. And um, so that's how we hired our employees, and it was mostly all U.S. citizens that we hired. Um, as the years went on before I retired, we were getting more international type employees to come and work uh, at the ranch. So, and I remember this one, Jim Voss, uh, he just passed away at the ranch. And I remember Linda and I saw his application, we saw his picture. And so, but we didn't hire him that year. The next year, we get another application with his picture. And I said, Linda, we got to hire this guy. So we did, and he's been with us since uh, then until just recently. What was he hired for? What position? Bellhop, and I think he worked in the laundry room as well, helped out uh, in the laundry facility. And Yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting because then as the years go on, now the law is you cannot ask for a photo, and now you can't do this and you can't do that. And then the computers came in, and if you want an application, you need to fill it out online. I mean, not everybody's computer literate, but uh, that's what the computers have done to us. We've taken out some of the personality of a person. And same with the phones. I mean, you don't get to talk to people. It's all internet, texting, email. You don't even know what they sound like when they get there. So I'm not, you can probably tell, I'm not too favorable of computers. I like the program that Rui did, but as for the rest of the, you know, the, the technology now with emails and this and that and, and texting and all this, where is the communication? I like one-on-one. I, I really do. I don't like this. I think your tone of voice, I think your um, body language, I think all that ties into being able to communicate with somebody and not just words on a piece of paper. It's my feelings. What was your takeaway from your years there at the ranch? I learned a lot. I think I learned a lot of patience. I learned that um, you can advance in the field that you want to go into. I, I was thinking uh, at one point, I thought I would like to work in the sales department, but I really liked doing my accounting. I liked the bookkeeping part of it, and I liked the guest part, and I liked doing the reservation part. I liked talking to people. So I enjoyed that because you can learn so much from so many. And to me, it's something new every day that, uh, in, in including my job, to enjoy what I'm doing. I, I mean, you have to enjoy what you're doing to make it successful. I've told Rusty many times, he said, we had the best of the times. It was the best. And I went out to lunch with Rusty, Linda, and I see Diane and Judy. We all had lunch with Rusty not too long ago. And I had said then to Rusty, we, we had the best years because we were family. I, I have to just say we felt like family with one another. You know, we had some disagreements maybe, but we'll have say, or discussions or whatever, but it wasn't like nails out, your fingernails out attacking anybody. We worked everything out, communicated. That was the big thing. Enjoyed being together with one another. And I don't know, it's just, we did. We'd had the best years. And our guests liked us. We always made sure we were attentive for our guests. If they come through the front door and say you're on the phone, 
you acknowledge that you've seen them come through the door. You don't totally ignore them and keep your head down. You acknowledge, good to see you again or something, until you can get off the phone. Giving them the acknowledgement made it, that was the number one priority in my case, was to always acknowledge that they know, that you know they're there. My big deal was with answering the phone for my front desk people is to get it on the first ring. Don't let it ring two or three times. Get it on that first ring if you can. Because after the third ring, somebody in the back has got to answer. And that takes away from their job. And your job is to get that phone. So you try to get it on the first ring. We all work together that way. It was, uh, would Linda say... Uh, our, several of our guests would call us the A-team. It was either me, Linda, or Diane that would solve any kind of problems that there were. We read it, write a memo to, like if I wrote a note to Linda, she could exactly know what I was saying. She could read between the lines the same with me with her. We really were connected pretty good that way. Were there any world events that affected the ranch? Uh, well, yes, uh, Desert Storm, my son went. He was in the military at that time. I was sort of like a space cadet mother. Um, things were happening around me that I um, didn't focus on probably as much. I just, all of my thoughts were with him and focusing on hopefully everything's okay over there. And, and um, uh, we had a young man at the, working at the front desk with me, a very nice young man. And he, when he left the ranch, he went to the radio station and become a DJ. And... He put together um, uh, a disc of music, of Patriot music, and gave it to me, and I sent it to Clifford overseas, and the, the boys over there really enjoyed it. Um, then I understood, found out later that Mary Jane, our baker, she was a great baker, sent Clifford several boxes of cookies while he was over there, and of course they all enjoyed them over there, and I believe Rusty I think he paid the postage on which I didn't know was happening uh, I know Clifford had called collect I think one time when I was at work or maybe, and Rusty would always accept the phone call from from Clifford he was just very um, everybody out there was uh, very supportive as I was being you know a space cadet not knowing what's happening in front what's happening around me only I could see what was day to day and not what was also transpiring is my family at the ranch they were they were all my family the employees like I said that just um we were a group we were a family and they supported me in different ways that I didn't know at the time I wish all businesses could have that relationship with their employees and be a close-knit which I thought we were very much so. They took half. They took care of me while I was going through a hard time. What do you hope the legacy of the ranch will be? The legacy that it'll always stay family-orientated. Uh, I know there's parts of the year that it cannot be family-orientated. That's when we have groups come in, and that was Anne's job, and she did a, she did a fair job. She did a good job bringing in groups during our slow time. And uh, I know just before I retired, they were kind of leaning towards more doing more groups. Um, the family time is just certain times of the year. When you retired, did you miss working at the ranch? I did at first, yes. Yeah. Have you been back to the ranch? Yeah. What do you think of all the changes? 
Um, well, I, throughout the last 12 years, I, I'd always still go back out and bother the girls in the office and just have a little chat uh, session with them. Uh, as for the remodels that's been happening since the new owners, um, I've seen a couple of the ranch rooms. I've seen now they're building housing units for the employees, which is unbelievable. I'm amazed. Uh, here they redid the Maricopa Suites. I have not seen those yet. Um, I understand they're going to be building more. Uh, another restaurant and another swimming pool or whatever out further towards the airstrip. And I, I remember being out there when Rusty used to land his airplane out there on the airstrip. But now to think that there's going to be more rooms and a restaurant and another swimming pool is just really, it's growing. Yeah. And the golf course, the, with the new uh, uh, dining area for the golf course, I'm anxious to see that, how that's turned out. Because the golf course, my husband and I were in the summertime, you know, when it's 100 and something degrees outside, um, Van Batchelder was the pro that, I think the first pro or the second pro at the golf club. And he encouraged, he, he loved golf, and he let everybody else love golf. So in the summertime, uh, Van allowed us to walk the back nine after I got off work at 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. Jim would meet me out at the golf course, and we would walk the back nine and play golf. So this was before he got sick, but uh, we really enjoyed it. We really thank Van for getting us going in golfing, and it was fun. This concludes another episode of the Souvenirs Podcast. We want to welcome all our new listeners and a big thank you to all of you who are spreading the word about this summer series. I hope you're enjoying listening to this cast of characters share their stories about what makes Rancho de los Caballeros so special. Stay tuned for next week when we sit down with David Giles, the son of legendary corral boss, Buford Giles. Souvenirs Podcast is produced by Susie Miner. Background music written and performed by Dick Fredrickson. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.